What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about SifPop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for SifPop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. SifPop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent, getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out SifPop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Welcome, everybody, to episode 66 of Disney, Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Grant the Darkhold Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Great, Phil, because I'm glad you didn't give me a different nickname. <laughs> there's, a, there's a name in this episode, finale episode, that I was not going to give either one of you, uh, as even as a joke. It's not, it it uh, would be offensive to some. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not to the <laughs> members of, of this podcast, but... Um, and we have a returning, a great returning guest this week from the worst comic podcast ever. It's our good friend, Jerry, a memory made real McMullen. Jerry, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you guys for having me back. I, I, I think I was trying to do the math in my head. I think I've been on this show enough times that I can now update my LinkedIn profile and say frequent contributor to yeah, the Disney yeah. Plus Reviews yeah. podcast. That's that. I mean, we will sign off on that part of your resume for sure. <laughs> uh, I don't don't know how much that's worth, but uh, you can definitely <laughs> update that. <laughs> Uh, well, we had to have Jerry on uh, for this episode for sure. Uh, if you've been following us over the last couple episodes, if you're new to this podcast, if this is the first episode you've ever listened to us, we co- we've covered every episode of WandaVision. Uh, we did like the first three episodes of WandaVision in a single show yep. because of some weird things that happened in January. Um, I mean, not that weird. I had a kid, uh, so like, that was part of it. But um, and, uh, and I was ill one week. But we had Jerry on to kind of cover the first three episodes. That was a great episode. Go back and listen to that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, J- Jerry, obviously being on a comic podcast and being a comic nerd, you're, you're not offended by a comic nerd. Nope. I, I fully embrace and live <laughs> that statement. There you go. Um, and, uh, you know, he's he's been reading comics for way, way longer than I have. And, and Grant, I mean, hasn't read any comics? No. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, we, we can watch the show and talk about our feelings on the show and everything like that. But we like to have an expert on, uh, especially for these, like, big episodes, like the finale mm-hmm. episode um, to talk about. So I'm, I'm really glad you were able to join us, Jerry. Absolutely. Uh, talk a little bit about your podcast. We'll, we'll get into news of the week yeah. and, and uh, WandaVision here in a second. But uh, t- tell us a little bit about your podcast. And really, I think our listeners would kind of, I think, be interested in in the big kind of milestone episode that you guys had this mm-hmm. weekend. Yep. Uh, just this past week, we recorded episode number 350 of the worst comic podcast ever. Uh, we have been going weekly nonstop since like 2014. Why? I don't know, but we have. <laughs> uh, so to commemorate, you know, because we're comic book readers, anytime a comic gets to 50, 100, 150, 200, you know, so on. It's a big anniversary issue. So we we had a big anniversary podcast. We invited anyone that wanted to join us to 
come on to our Zoom call and we watched WandaVision together on our respective screens. And then we sat around for an hour and a half and talked about it. And we gave away a bunch of prizes, lots of um, Vision and Scarlet Witch books, comic books, Funko Pops, stuff like that. So cool. we had a great time. Uh, I, I seriously think if you enjoy listening to Disney Plus, you ought to give my show a, a, a look or a listen, if you will. Uh, worst comic podcast ever, WCP ever on the Twitter and Instagram. And wherever you're getting Disney Plus reviews, podcasts, you can find worst comic podcasts ever there too. Yeah, their show is really great. Um, I've listened to it myself. They talk about uh, books, obviously. You know, mm-hmm. they're com- that's in the name, but they yeah. also are covering comic, um, just media in general. So, like, you know, a television show or you know, animated or not, or mm-hmm. movies. Obviously, you know, you guys are going to cover the MCU movies, but um, I mean, this is going to be a busy year for Marvel in general. Like, uh, oh yeah, Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier is coming up, and Black Widow, <laughs> and I think they have four movies coming out this year. Like, you guys are going to be busy. Three. Yeah, there was a graphic floating around. I don't know if you saw it. It was on Reddit a couple of weeks ago. And there is some kind of Marvel item being released every Friday for the entire year. Oh, yeah. And they they gave the schedule. I mean, uh, between the TV shows, you know, we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier coming up. We've got Loki. We've got What If... We've got three movies, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals. There is something hitting every Friday, whether it's on Disney Plus or at the movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a comic fan, this is uh, this is a banner year. 2021. Yeah. So I'll I'll forward that over in our group chat so you guys can. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, well, obviously we're, we're in good company having Jerry on. So, um, Grant and I are, 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 are very excited to get into the, the, uh, discussion, but, uh, before we do, we'd like to do news of the week and I'll be honest, I, I scoured the internet looking for news, uh, <laughs> for Disney plus, uh, there's every week, just about every week this year in yeah. 2021, there's been like a big news story and, um, I didn't see, see anything really big, but I thought this, this one story that I found, I think would be good, at least for a good discussion. Uh, it's not so much about Disney. Disney Plus is a service, so it is a little off topic, but um, so this is the headline. It says, uh, weekend box office results, what Raya and the Last Dragons, $8.6 million could mean for the future of movie going. And um, but there was, there's many stories you can look up or, or about this, but Raya and the Last Dragon, as we've been talking about on our podcast, is a, a new movie from Disney that has never been released before. It came to Disney Plus and theaters at the same time. Yep. Now, yeah. granted, it's not coming to a lot of theaters, and uh, the article actually talks about how um, like New York City is just now starting to open theaters again, mm-hmm. like uh, at 25% capacity. I mean, it's, it's like no one is allowed to go for the most part, but yeah. uh, they are doing their best to kind of bring, with vaccinations coming out there, uh, be more, more common and stuff like that. They're trying to kind of slowly open things back up. Um, I think what's noteworthy about this story is that, um, you know, 8.6 million is not, terrible especially in a pandemic um but it's it is lower than tom and jerry uh that came out just a couple weeks before (laughs) or one week before um and so i I thought it'd be just good for a discussion um the one thing so like the big the big question is why right like why why would they why would they not do 15 million or 20 million and one thing that they mentioned in the story that we can discuss is 
they, they there were several big movie chains, movie theater chains, like Cinemark is one of them, mm-hmm. that they have hundreds of theaters and like the entire chain refused to show Raya. And um, the only thing that we know of that is being publicized for us, why, why would they do that, is they could not come to terms with Disney because of the streaming service. So um, be- they basically they said, you're going to give us exclusive rights. Like, you know, people can only see it in one of our theaters uh, or we're just not going to show it at all. And they came to disagreement, came to blows with Disney about that. And uh, because Disney was like, nope, we're going to do it on Disney plus. They were like, okay, then we're, we reserve the right to not show your movie. And so it released in about 400 less, like fewer theaters than Tom and Jerry, which I I think is obviously a big difference, but um, I guess we'll throw to you first, Grant, and see what your thoughts are. But like, what what do you think about this? Like, um, I think there's multifacets of this story. Yeah. Like the fact that you know you can't, you can hardly even find a theater to to go mm-hmm. see it in because so many theaters are closed. But and we've talked about that some already on the show. But specifically, like the fight between a streaming service owner like Disney and theaters, like they seem to actually, you know, kind of yeah. be fighting it out right now. Yeah, um, like we've talked about uh, recently on the podcast. Um, I would say streaming services are the future with movie theaters kind of going into extinction. I mean, they're not there yet, but I would say it's heading that way. Mm. And somebody, especially like we've talked about the numbers of Disney plus subscribers. I mean, they don't need it to show in every theater because they're making millions of dollars already. And as far as like, why their numbers are lower than Tom and Jerry. I would say Tom and Jerry Tom and Jerry is a known commodity. Yeah. People knew what they were going to get. They've grown up with Tom Jer- Tom and Jerry and with Raya, we didn't really know what we were going to get. Well, you and me watched this movie on Friday. I can yeah. tell you I can tell our audience first off, listen in next week when we discuss the movie, but also it, it's a good movie. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, it's definitely worth it. And and I think the thirty even the thirty dollar price tag, like, you know, Tom and Jerry, you could also see Tom and Jerry at home as well. Yeah. Uh, you had to have mm-hmm. HBO Max, but HBO Max is half the $15. price. <laughs> so uh yeah, I mean it's you know, to say that, you know, that these are equal yeah. things right that's not really true i mean it's it's really cheaper to see tom and jerry at home than even raya you can get a couple months of hbo max yeah. for the same price and they're um, completely different movies too yeah um caitlin and i have watched both movies and there really isn't many similarities to the two movies so yeah i mean they're they're both good movies and i mean i would just say tom and jerry got more because of the more theaters that showed it and also, you knew what you were going to get with Tom and Jerry. Yeah. And Raya was kind of an unknown. Jerry, what do you what what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, the fight between the streaming service and the theater. I think is probably one we're going to see more of. Well, I I think every month we're going to see theaters fighting against something. Yeah. Because they the theaters were all up in arms late last year when HBO Time Warner announced their plans to release in theaters and on their streaming service throughout 2021 uh starting back with wonder woman 84 Mm. and theaters were upset because theaters like to have those exclusive rights for the first two to three weeks 
uh, because that's their opportunity to make money. And I get why they're defensive because you're cutting into their livelihood. But this this whole past year and a half has been cutting into their livelihood. <laughs> uh, and if if they're still experiencing these cuts, it's amazing that they're still open for business. They they need to re rethink their business model. Yeah, and realize that. Given everything over the last year, streaming is not going away. If anything, streaming is going to be increasing more. I think that the fight that they're having right now with Disney is not so much that Disney was streaming it on Disney+. Plus. It's that Disney was collecting an extra $30 for people to watch it on streaming service. So that's that's blatantly money that's being taken away from the theaters yeah with that now you know with that 30 dollars, you can have as many people watch it in your home or on your account with you you know you you guys have watched it together with your family so you know that 30 dollars broken down by the number of viewings and participants that's dirt cheap compared to going to the theaters and they don't have any way to counter that other than saying if you're going to do that, we're not going to show your movie. Right. And it's not, it's not a winnable position. Yeah. Um, you know, that as, as a whole, Disney has won more cases than they've lost. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I, I think the theaters need to rethink their, their strategy here. Yeah. I think this is what we've seen similar things to this with other movies that have come out. Um, I've seen, I can't remember, I can't recall the titles, but I've seen in the last six months movies that had a, like a four week exclusive in theaters. Like the only way to watch Mm -hmm. it on, on the first day that the movie is available to the public is in a theater. There is no other way to watch it. But then like within a month it was already on streaming. So like they were, they're, they're um, accelerating the, the gap between theater and home. Um, but there is a gap. Well, Disney Disney was like, we're, we're not going to do a gap. Like, we're just going to release yeah. a day and date. Yeah, HBO, they're releasing day and date, but it's only up for four weeks. And then they take it down off the streaming service. Okay. So, Wonder Woman 84 is already gone Okay. from it. Tom and Jerry is only going to be up there for another two weeks before it goes down. And I think that's being done to help protect the DVD blu-ray digital sales mm-hmm. of the movie down the road that they 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 still want the opportunity to collect money that way um it it's going to be interesting to see i you know this goes back to last fall with the milan movie when disney first tried this this price point by putting it up on disney plus at the same time I really expect we're going to hear something like that's going to be done for Black Widow here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, because they can't, they're not going to make their money back just recent releasing it exclusively in theaters. Yeah. And, and I think the, the reverse is also true. I, I don't think that they make their money back releasing it only to Disney plus. Like I, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they, they like collecting those $30, but like you said, Jerry, what we said was absolutely true. There were five of us. It was Grant and his wife, me and my wife and our daughter. So five mm-hmm. people, at, you know, essentially we all paid six bucks a piece. Yeah. We, we paid yeah. for half of it. And then, um, uh, 
Grant and Caitlin paid the other half. So like, so you got the better end of the deal. I did. I, I actually, I actually only paid for three people, $15 for three people. You owe me more money. Yeah, that's true. I owe you an extra, an extra $3. But, um, so, you know, you know, six bucks, five bucks a person, whatever, that's pretty cheap. Um, I don't think that they can really afford to only, you know, send it out to Disney plus that said, I, I think, you know, the, the, it was, it wasn't just Cinemark. There were like two other like major chains mm-hmm. that this is, yeah. we're not showing it. Um, I, I think that when they got that news, it, Cinemark, Hey, you know, we want to, we want to do a deal with you. I don't, I think Disney was like, no, like we're not going to do a deal with you and yeah. we don't need your money. Like, yeah, you know, and, and truthfully, I mean, it's not even about the ticket sales because the, the theaters don't make the money off the ticket sales. They make it off the concession stands. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for the first two weeks, the ticket sales all goes back to the studio. It's only after it's been in there for two weeks that they start getting a share of the ticket sales at that point. So, so, you know, they're, they're upset that they don't have a captive audience to sell the popcorn and drinks and candy to. Yeah. Yep. But I just don't think like, I mean, we've talked about that Raya as the unknown commodity, but I don't think the movie theaters will be able to pass up Black Widow. No, I'll be very interested to see what Cinemark does with Black Widow. Are they really going to give Disney an ultimatum on Black Widow? They really want to show that movie. Yeah. Because I mean, they're going to, it's going to make money in theaters regardless. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if there's anything that's going to get people back in theaters, it's going to be a Marvel movie. Yeah. Well, it's the first Marvel movie we've seen in theaters in yeah. over a year. Mm-hmm. The the theaters need to, to rethink and sell themselves based upon what they can offer that you can't get at home. Yeah. So that could be the 3D experience. That could be the Dolby Sound experience. That could be the the dine-in theaters where you have wait staff bring mm-hmm. food and drinks to you um make it they've they've got to sell it as you're going to an experience you're not going to a movie yes and that's that's how they're going to get people to come back because at, at some point people are just going to get tired of sitting around their living <laughs> rooms watching the streaming service every night they're going to want to get out and that's going to be the movie theater's opportunity if they're just going to sit there and and badmouth the studios and just say, "Come and buy our popcorn," they're not going to get the audience that way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I had a conversation with a, a friend I hadn't talked to in a couple of years. Today, um, I was uh, just walking around and talk, I was like, "Hey, how's it going?" Whatever, and we started catching up, and we were talking about the pandemic. You know, as you do, you know, the mm-hmm. kind of what's been going on over the last couple of years in your life. And um, I said, you know, what's what's the thing that you're the most excited for to kind of get back to normal life, so, so to speak? And the first thing they mentioned was movie theaters. Mm-hmm. They, they were like, we're just excited to go to a movie again. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do think the public is is once once the doors are open, so to speak. And I know that's a gradual opening for for a lot of people, but um, you know, once once it'll be months from now, but once we kind of get to that full capacity, even seventy five percent capacity. I think the movie theaters will be pretty full. Like you said, Jerry, like people just want to get off the couch. Um, we've been on our couches for a year now. <laughs> and so I, I think they'll be fine. Um, I, I think what will be very interesting is how this, when the dust settles on this battle between uh, not just Disney, but HBO Max and other streaming services, mm-hmm. Net- Netflix wants to bring their movies to theaters perhaps or whatever is like, you know. And it's just a matter of time before Paramount 
starts yeah. flexing their muscle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 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 going to be a battle between do we need you or do we not need you? And if we do need you, what can you give us in return? Like what, how can we, you know, negotiate a deal? Um, and hopefully that deal gets a, a little bit more standard right now. It's just the wild West, man. Like mm-hmm. uh, Disney can completely do completely different terms than HBO and, and whatnot. So yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's very interesting. I, you know, you look at 8 million and you're like, man, that's terrible. But then you think about all the money that they made from premier access and they, they probably did just fine. So, well, and it, the the one other thing that that's sticking with the theaters is Disney is putting out so much product each year. They the theaters need Disney more than Disney needs the theaters. Yeah, I mean, I I think if you go back and look at the numbers, I think twenty nineteen, I want to say that there was thirty six movies that came out under the Disney umbrella. Yeah, that's nuts. Whether whether it's the Marvel movies or Pixar, Disney, and any of their other brands. Star Wars, yeah. You know, they they had multiple weeks where they were putting a new new movie out. And they're just trying to get some of that money back without getting the mouse too upset. It they're going about it the wrong way. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. I, I think I agree with um, what both of you guys are saying about Black Widow. I, I think that's going to be a real, um, like the, the world is going to be watching that movie as far as, far as mm-hmm. and what, by that I mean like how it's released. And, and I think a lot of a lot of um, motion picture studios and streaming services and stuff like that will kind of follow suit with like, you know, what is Black Widow going to do? Like maybe we can do something similar to that. So yeah, it's going to be, Gonna be interesting. I think we'll figure out figure things out pretty well by the summer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as as vaccine gets better and more theaters open. So, cool. Well, that was a good discussion. I I, I think uh, that's something that's certainly like we haven't got figured out, but we will uh, pretty mm-hmm. soon as things go along. All right. Well, today we are only so every episode we've we've done a couple different discussions. We've talked about WandaVision every week, and then we picked some kind of a movie to talk about in addition to that. We are not doing that this week um, because of how big the finale was, and you know, of course, all the theories of um, you know what's 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 coming out you know next and where where is this leading and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I just knew we we want you know a full a full discussion on it. So we are only talking about one division finale. Uh, like we said a few minutes ago, we have seen Ryan, the last dragon, but we're going to table that to next week, give you a chance to actually watch it. I mean, it just came out a couple mm-hmm. days ago as we record this and, and uh, you know, pony up the 30 bucks and, and see it or go see it in theaters. So we will have a, a very in-depth discussion. In fact, that's probably the only thing we're going to talk about next yep. week is Raya. And then uh, boy, in two weeks it's, it's back to Marvel again. So, um, or as Caitlin says, Raya, yeah, it's Ray. Well, Ray. we'll hear that plenty next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hope to have Caitlin on as our as our guest next week. So, um, so yeah, today is only WandaVision, and then next week is only Raya. Um, so we'll have a lot to talk about next week as well. Um, let's get into the finale. Um, I wanted to start off the discussion with this article that I found on Vulture. It, I, I thought it was a really good recap. It's it's um I might put it, put the link actually. Yeah, I need to credit them. Um, I'll I'll put the link in the uh, show notes for for this episode. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you'll have a link. Um, but um, they they say this um, it, it kind of in the intro section of the article it says around the 35 minute mark of this series finale it struck me this was a show talking about all 
nine episodes really and it it you know shows its head in this final episode um i I, let me start sorry if you're just tuning in we are we are spoiling the entire episode we're spoiling the entire finale (laughs) i'll make sure that's really clear in in the show notes as well but uh, we are going to spoil everything so just know that uh if you didn't know that hit pause right now (laughs) go watch the show and come back but uh sorry i should have said that at the top around the 35 minute mark of the series finale it struck me this was a show that deliberately or not was about what it's like to be in love at the end of the world uh, I thought that was a, a kind of an interesting phrase, um, fr- phrasing for this. And it was something that I was clearly aware of, you know, as we got towards the end of this finale about um, their love for each other, Wanda and Vision. Um, I mean, the show is literally called WandaVision. Um, but it, it's it's more than just, um, you know, a, a world within a world, you know, this, this um, hex dome world uh, within the greater world, but it's more about them uh, as a couple and um, their love for each other, but also the confusion that of everything that's going on swirling around with Wanda's, you know, going insane or whatever's going on in her brain and how like towards the end of the episode, you see them like really coming to grips with, um, you know, we, we love wants to stay together, but love also wants to, to, uh, do the what's best for the other person and in wrestling with that. And how's this all going to pan out? Um, I thought that was really neat. Um, the way that they phrased that, but, um, what let's, let's start with, um, gosh, I don't even know what to start with. I, let's, I, I, I want to talk about, let's, let's go into the finale. We'll talk about the season as a whole later, but, uh, what, what were some of the, um, kind of when you, rolled credits so to speak on the final episode what were some of your kind of your lingering thoughts and kind of when when you look back at at, at the episode as a whole like some of the things that that you that left you thinking like that that kind of like this vulture article like the thing that they were thinking about was like what it's like to be in love at the end of the world like what were some of the things that kind of left you thinking as the last couple days have gone on um i've been thinking about what we didn't see yeah yes i meant um monica rambeau was barely in this that was so weird darcy was only in for one line yeah and i just even jimmy woo he started out looking like he was going to have a prominent role and then it just got pushed to the side so that they could focus on wanda versus agatha and vision versus vision yeah. And I'm glad we got those stories, but the the ensemble that we've been watching for the previous eight episodes is what pulled everything together. And I just, I kind of, I don't know if their stuff got cut to kind of get it at a more manageable time or what. I just feel like there should have been more of those characters involved Mm-hmm. given everything that we've seen so far this season. Yeah. Uh, I've seen several articles this week that, um, or this weekend, I guess I should say, that are titled like questions we still have after watching the finale yeah. um, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, what we what we didn't see or what we wanted to see. I've seen the word rushed uh, used a lot, um, that they felt like the finale was very rushed. Uh, it was the longest episode of the season. Um, so it's worth mentioning that. But a lot of people and myself included kind of feeling like um why you know why did we have to get to the the you know that final scene so quickly like there there were a lot of unanswered questions and you know like like Jerry was saying like just roles 
I'm talking character roles, just almost on completely unused. Like I didn't really even get a sense that everyone had their chance to, to shine in the final episode. Um, I don't know. Grant, Grant, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Um, I would just say the biggest word that would probably come to play uh, when I think about this last episode would be unpredictable. Mm. Um, Cause a lot of the stuff, I mean, go back and listen to talks we've had um, a lot of the stuff we didn't see coming. And I mean, there were a lot of characters that we grew to love throughout the show that we've already talked about and they kind of took a back seat. And, um, if I, like I enjoyed the finale, but if I had to rank it with like the whole season, I would say this is probably like a middle of the road episode because I mean, there was stuff that, and the question marks, there's just so many questions after it, especially for like somebody who reads comic books, they're, you can kind of have an idea of where they're going, but like somebody that doesn't read comic books and is just watching this, you just are just like, so what's going to happen next? (laughs) And it's kind of like, this was sort of like the starting point for phase four. And I feel like we didn't really like Phil and I have talked about this already. I feel like we really didn't get anywhere. I feel like we're still, at the beginning, at the start, starting line, where the, where the show ended is not that different than how it began. I mean, yeah. the, the hex is is down, um, and you know, Westview has gone back to normal, so to speak. But that's really like the biggest thing that happened. Um, you know, like at the beginning of the episode, Wanda starts out with you know, before the events of the show starts out with no vision, you know, vision's dead. Uh, I don't have a family or, you know, and we, you know, we saw the creation of these people literally in this episode, in last episode, um, the creation of this family. But then when the show is over, she's back to like yeah. no vision, no family. So like, it's, it's not that different than, than how it was before. Um, I think the biggest change and we're going to be honest on this episode as you've already heard like we're going to be negative and positive i think on this on this episode and on the season um uh, by and large if you've not heard any of our commentary grant and i've been incredibly high on the series i, I mm-hmm. think it is really yeah. really good um one of my favorite things that mcu's ever done to be honest but um that the finale definitely left some bad taste in my mouth and probably your, i'm hearing yeah. your guys's mouth as well but one of the biggest things for me was um just how how many things were just not delivered on at the, in the final episode i we we paul bettany was talking about it but also like just in the show itself if you're not even watching interviews what about you know there's a big character coming in yeah. this final episode and monica's talking about a aerospace engineer that you know i know a guy that's that's going to come help us and it's like where was that stuff like it yeah. just wasn't there and uh uh, commenting on that. Um, I did read an article this morning that Dr. Strange was supposed to make a cameo, but it was cut. And I have no idea really? why. I mean, they believe that it's going to come out in future weeks, but yeah, I mean, it def- there's an article out there that definitely says that a Dr. Strange cameo was supposed to happen and then it got cut. I, I can't help but feel like this ending was just different than what they had originally planned. Yeah. Um, that said, 
it was a cool episode and like mm-hmm. we got some awesome um i mean let's talk about wanda just coming into her powers like yeah. You want to talk about changes, you know, like what's different from the beginning of the, of episode one to episode nine. Uh, Wanda is like super powered now. And that excites me. Like I cannot wait to see what, I mean, let's call her Scarlet Witch because that's what they're calling her now. Mm-hmm. She is full on Scarlet Witch now. And, and I mean. With the costume. Yeah. With the costume <laughs> and the headdress. I mean, I like, I was like, that, the one moment in this, ep- in this finale episode where I, where I geeked out audibly well, like I, I i was like oh yeah like was when she got that headdress the traditional headdress that we've seen from comic books um it, you know we got a teaser of it with the halloween episode you know she's mm-hmm. got that red thing on but in this one it's like okay no this is her new look and she like you know essentially sucks all of the powers from agatha's what my interpretation was but she um at one point agatha says you're more powerful than the sorcerer supreme and yeah. we actually get to see that um you know at, at the end of the episode you know doing everything that she does so for me the biggest takeaway as far as positive like you know let's think positively for a second that finale ep- this finale episode was like okay now we're we're going to get scarlet witch in all of her glory uh going forward and that got me really excited so what were some of the, Jerry, what were some of the takeaways that were that got you pumped, like watching the finale? Well, we now do have a new vision back in the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe. Yeah, that's another one. Uh, you know, we, at the tail end of episode eight in, in, the, in the teaser scene, we saw that the government had constructed a, a white vision. And throughout this episode that we're talking about, the the colored vision fought the white vision and then they had a meeting of the minds and basically the the vision we've been watching imparted his memories into the white vision so he's got a new body he's got all of the memories and he's out there somewhere yeah so that that reintroduces the vision back into the playing field of where can we use him next? And I, I think that was one of the, the, one of the things that I think people were most disappointed in with Endgame is, you know, the vision didn't come back. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a way for him to come back. Yeah. Uh, now we've got that. He's back in play for us to use. Um, you know, we we've been tempted with the possibilities of what Monica, Monica Rambeau can do. Um, you know, at, at some point, probably in the Captain Marvel 2 movie, she's going to be a feature player in that. She'll probably take on the identity role of Photon. Um, when she was first introduced, she was called Captain Marvel, and that was more just to kind of help protect the copyrights, uh, so that way DC didn't get it back. So... <laughs> um, but with having a firmly established Captain Marvel active in the in the Marvel universe, we'll just call her Photon or some other name, and she'll have similar powers to what she had in the comics, and everyone's happy. Um, I I'm excited to see her step up and become a featured character. She she'll never she'll never have her own movie, but she's a good team player to have alongside i think scarlet witch is potentially one of the two most powerful marvel characters in the cinematic universe whether it's her or captain marvel 
And I think that opens up a whole lot of possibilities and we'll probably get a lot of <clears throat> comic nerds but hurt that the two most powerful people are women. But <laughs> hey, I've got no problem with that. So I'm good with that too. Yeah. I I it it was a good episode. It was a great series. I may feel a little let down just because the eighth episode was so strong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not to say that this was a bad episode. It's just, it didn't live up to the climax that we saw the previous week. Yeah. I I think for me that the episode was, was great and it would have only been better had it been longer. Like if it was like 90 minutes or something like that, just to fit in some other stuff. Um, I, I wasn't even necessarily, disappointed in some of the decisions that they made that I wouldn't have made. Like I saw a lot of like vitriol, you know, from people like getting really angry about like um, the uh, Evan Peters character Mm -hmm. who is Pietro from the Fox universe and how they were saying like, Oh, Oh, it's going to be multiverse. And that was certainly a prediction we had on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were talking about, um, you know, oh, well, if it's not Fox, it's going to be, you know, something that she's doing, you know, to, to you know, like she's aware of this other mm-hmm. universe or blah, blah, blah. She's manifesting this guy that it's like, nope, I guess it's just a, just a Ralph. guy. Ra- yep. Yeah. We won't say <laughs> well, his last yeah. name, but <laughs> he may be the character that Jimmy Woo referenced early on as he's in witness protection because you're not just going to naturally give someone a name called Ralph Boner. Yeah. So. yeah. And so this is okay. Earlier, let's talk about him for a second. The, uh, like I think maybe in episode one, um, Agnes who becomes Agatha's, you know, now, um, kept talking about my husband, Ralph, like throughout the whole season. Yeah. Is this the Ralph that she's referring to? And if so, like, is there any connection there? Like I, when I when I saw Ralph, I was like, Oh, Ralph, like, like mm-hmm. Agnes is Ralph. Um, and we know that obviously they have a connection because she's, you know, in a real super creepy way has kind of like been living through his body. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, I, I don't know that that was kind of a weird thing for me. And like, uh, and Monica has the same realization that we have as, as watchers of the show is like, Oh, you're just a guy. Like you're just a guy named Ralph. And like, in, you know, you're basically being taken over and, and given this Pietro persona, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it, in other words, it, it ended up being way more normal and a, like a, just a nothing burger mm-hmm. than what everyone was expecting him <laughs> yeah. to be. So there's one of my Facebook friends shared a, a story from collider.com and I'll pass the link along, but the headline just perfectly sums up. WandaVision failed to deliver things that were never promised to me. Yes. I think, you know, we've, we've talked about this before we were talking about this in the, before we started recording, this was a show that got people talking and got people speculating. Mm -hmm. And because we heard little things, whether it was the astrophysicist comment, or we heard reference to the Sorcerer Supreme, we expected to see those laid out before us. Oh, look, here's Benedict Cumberbatch coming in to be Dr. Strange. Oh, that astrophysicist, maybe that's Reed Richards. They weren't obligated to to give us those. They were just obligated to give us a really good story, which they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, as I was watching it, I was watching it at, at work uh, on, our, on our lunch break, but I was watching it with a, a whole bunch of other... Were, mar- were you sure you were on your lunch break? I was not on the clock. Um, <laughs> with, with the, watching with a, a bunch of other Marvel nerds at, at work, and, and you know, with every five minutes that was passing by, I was like, oh, it's trillier's around the next <laughs> corner. We're going to get a bigger mm-hmm. character reveal. And then when the credits rolled, we all just kind of looked at each other and we're like, is that it? Like, there... They're not going to give us a character, and then there's a mid-credit scene. We're like, "Oh, here it comes." Uh, okay, that maybe there's a final credit. Oh, there is a final credit scene. Okay, here it comes. Wow, they never gave us a new character. Like, I, you know, a lot of people are saying Reed Richards or whatever. It's like, but but like, I I think Jerry, you nailed it on the head. Like, they never said that was. I mean, they did say you know that there will be a big reveal at the end, but they weren't saying like you're going to see a mutant. You're going to see you know, one of the members of Fantastic Four, you're going to see, a, you know, a big character that you know and love, Doctor Strange, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at the end. Like, they, they they didn't necessarily, in the show, like, if you're not paying attention to any interviews, it's not like in the show they were like, you're definitely going to get this. And uh, so that brings up a, a conversation I wanted to have during this episode. I think this is a great place to put it. Mm-hmm. Is there a problem with just internet nerddom that that we are that we are almost uh, like destroying these shows for ourselves, and and what I mean by that is we are getting so hyped up, and it's the you know before the show Jerry was talking about Lost, and you know that that was kind of you know like it, it feels like Lost to me, like um, you know is are we are we projecting so much onto this show and expecting so much that we're actually letting, making ourselves let down at the end of the show needlessly? Uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you think, Grant? Like, I, are we, would we enjoy this show so much more if we just turn the internet off? <laughs> I, um, I mean, I would definitely say throughout the show, the articles I've read have given me a new knowledge. Um, True. I would, yeah. I would, I would definitely say, the articles also kind of hurt at the end because um, I was really hoping for a big cameo at the end. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm ecstatic that the vision's back, but um, I would say uh, the articles definitely have helped because I mean, I know so much more about people like Mephisto, Agatha yeah. from those articles that I never knew before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it kind of also hurts. It's kind of a 50, 50 split because you get these ideas and you're just like, and I definitely feel that the finale kind of fell flat because of those articles. Cause you get so many people out there that have read the comic books and they're just like, Oh, it's definitely going to happen. And you, I mean, there were hundreds of articles leading up to the finale about different possible scenarios. And then all of a sudden, MCU's just like, you think you know what's going to happen? <laughs> no, you don't. And then they go a complete opposite direction. But I'd say overall, I did enjoy the articles because it did give me a new fond knowledge of the MCU universe. Yeah, that's a that's a very positive spin on this. I I know I appreciate that because that it is it's not like those articles were a waste of our time. Yeah, um, like you said, we got some really good things out of them. Um, I yeah, I I'm with you. I for every one article that 
had some kind of prediction that came true. There were ten. I, I, I read ten that yeah. that were just completely false. And again, it's it's people grasping at straws and and trying to read into things. You know, it's it's they're doing the best they can with the information they've been given. Um, but I, I think some of that hype is is really hurt. Um, watchers of the show, if you were paying attention to to those YouTube channels and and news articles and stuff like that, you probably had really high hopes for yeah. this final episode. And and it's almost like Marvel is like, please don't get overhyped for this. We're not trying to do all that, yeah. you know. Because I it, mean, it, the the expectation level it's it's completely beyond the studio control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I think back to all of the Star Wars movies that's been made since Return of the Jedi. Hmm. You know, that first one, episode one, there was no way that movie could have ever lived up to the expectations <laughs> after fans had been sitting around for 15 years wondering, what what are we going to see next? Are we going to see something next? Oh, now we're going to see something, and it's got to do this and this. And then when it didn't, People were just outraged. Oh, it's the worst <laughs> movie ever. It's a, but I, you know, my son loves episode one. You know, he, he saw it as a young kid mm-hmm. and to him, he had no point of reference for that 16 years of waiting in the, in the, in the tattooing desert for a new movie. And <clears throat> he likes it. He loves the, the pod racing. And I, you know, we saw the, the same thing happen again over the five most recent movies, star Wars movies that Disney did where the expectations were so great that it didn't matter what happened. People were going to gripe and complain about it because it wasn't exactly what, what they were expecting. And Trust me, comic nerds are the worst. I, <laughs> we've 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 been obsessing over stuff for decades, <laughs> and and the internet just gives everyone a, a voice and a platform to be heard. Yeah. So, um, I, w- I wanted to touch on. I'm trying to pick up on some of the things you guys have mentioned uh, mm-hmm. one at a time, but um, so let's talk about Monica f- for a second. So, um, did I want to see more? frames of with containing her in this episode yes but what we did get to see of her i thought was really cool and I, mm-hmm. i'm very there's been a lot of talk about how she's going to be a big part of captain marvel 2 and mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to see that um we're going to get a lot of monica rambo so don't yeah. you know don't don't get all you know upset <laughs> because we didn't get to see her a lot here what uh we got to see a little bit more of her powers here um you know we haven't i don't think we've seen everything that she can do but she at the, her big moment her big time to shine in this episode was when she stopped the bullets so the twins um who again aren't given a whole lot to do either <laughs> in this episode um are, are being shot at and she uh moves very quickly um to get into the line of fire from those bullets the bullets go through her body and she's doing I mean, Jerry, this is where you're going to have to help us. Is she doing like an intangibility thing or is she absorbing the bullets? What do you, what do you think is going on? there? I, I think what we saw on the screen is she is absorbing the energy of the bullets. Okay. To a point where they have no energy. So they just fall down. Okay. Uh, in the comics, when she was first introduced, her, her, all of her powers were light based that she could, 
she could change herself into any form of light across the spectrum. Okay. So, um, and that it gives you some cool stuff that you can do, but it's not always an, uh, an offensive ability. Sure. It's more defensive. So, right, right. uh, I think over the years they've kind of expanded and given her the ability to project energy. And I think what we're seeing here is that she can now also absorb the energy. Yeah. And maybe redirect it as as a result. So, um, I I think there's going to be a lot that plays out when we get to see her full array of powers and abilities. Um, I I so was hoping that in that mid credit scene with her, where she gets told that the guy wants to see her, yeah. and again. The nerds are obsessing that it's got to be Nick Fury that's making the call. Uh, <laughs> that we would have seen her take off for space yeah. on her own, yeah. Um, just and just leave us gasping that her powers are now there. But again, we didn't get that. Um, I, I really, I thought they missed the opportunity. I would have loved to have seen Darcy be the scroll. Ooh, that's cool. That's you that- know they they've got a big storyline coming up in the MCU called secret invasion. Yeah. And that basically was that the scrolls had infiltrated earth and we're going to take over. And they did that by impersonating a lot of the main Marvel characters. And so, you know, when you're reading the comics, every book had someone that was really a scroll Hmm. posing. And, I thought if they had just introduced Darcy as a scroll, then that starts opening the possibilities. But instead we get nameless FBI agent that <laughs> is really a scroll. Yeah. That was a cool scene. Um, I, you know, it, it's, it's a, uh, it, it's, what typical MCU fare, you know, for mid credits, post credits of, uh, you know, just a little teaser. You have no idea what's going on, but it's, it gets you excited for what's coming next. Right. So, you know, the, uh, is she talking about Nick Fury? Is she talking about Captain Marvel? You know, that that's that will be revealed uh, at some point. We'll hopefully won't have to wait too long for that. But um, yeah, she's all she's doing is like pointing up, you know, like, hey, you know, somebody wants to see you. Uh, and so, you know, we kind of get the impression that's that's where her character is headed next is to to go up to that sword base or to, again, to go to some planet. We don't really know what's going on there. But uh, the fact that they showed a scroll at all, I thought was a cool, a cool moment, even though we didn't get very much of that scene. Um, so is that I guess that's probably about all we learned from. Monica in this episode? Yeah. Am I leaving anything out? Pretty much. Um, we kind of go character by character. And kinda... I mean, she frees Ralph, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Vision and White Vision next. I think for me, that was that was a, one of the biggest moments in the in the whole, I mean, honestly, the whole season, but um, the, it was a big moment, obviously, for this episode. Um, so we didn't get like, a we, we got some like aerial uh, fighting like where they're like fighting like you know above the earth uh, and that was really cool to watch um, but it, in the end it wasn't a vanquishing physically like it was a, the kind of this mental fight and they do that whole like a ship of the- Theseus thing mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool um, yeah. I, we were watching that and what I, I work in IT so like I'm working with a bunch of like computer <laughs> computer nerds right mm-hmm. and so like one of the guys they were talking about uh, you know, debating that, the, you know, the, the whole, this is the, like a philosophical debate that goes back like thousands of years, but like 
the ship of uh, the idea of ship of theseus is if if you take away you know planks of, of wood off of the ship and then you know replace them with new planks like is it still the same ship or is it is it a different thing now and mm-hmm. you know obviously he's making that comparison to the two of them mm-hmm. and he was talking about um the the guy that i was watching with was is like this is how you defeat ai like you, you confuse it you you, mm-hmm. you you know you like like are you are you the true vision or am i the true vision you know is are, are we the sum of our mental capacity or are we the sum of our physical parts you know and i loved that like i, I like i was surprised by what they were doing and in the same moment pleasantly surprised like i was just like wow this is really cool this is very different um you know usually a big criticism i think of just superhero fair just in general dc or marvel doesn't matter is ultimately everything comes down to just who can punch the other person the Mm -hmm. hardest and this was not that and it was i think an answer to that of of mcu saying uh let's let's be smarter. Let, let's, let's do something that's different. That's not the typical thing that people usually get with these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and so I, I actually really liked that scene. That was one of my favorite scenes in the, in the episode. Um, Grant, what'd you, what'd you kind of think about white vision and, and how that ended? Like he's, he's yeah. saying, I am vision and kind of going up and stuff like that. I mean, one of the biggest questions I had about white vision to begin with was you don't really see how he got into the hex. He just kind of shows up. Yeah. Which, I mean, to each its own. I mean, the answer is probably Wanda saw it was Vision and let him in or something like that. I I think a lot of the hex really comes down to what she allows. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's probably something along with that. But, I mean, I enjoyed the fighting between White Vision and Vision. And, I mean, the... Battle of the Wits at the end was an exciting scene as well. And, but like the biggest thing is, where do you go next? Um, we've talked about on previous episodes how uh, this form of vision, um, white vision, turns out to be a foe against the Avengers. Mm. Are we going to get that? Or um, I'd say the biggest letdown is not seeing white vision again in the MCU. Um, a lot of fans are excited now that the vision, we have a form of the vision back. So, I mean, my biggest question is what, what role does this vision play in the MCU now? Yeah. I think this is a clever way to, to quote, bring him back. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it is a, it's it's phys- physical body. He is the vision. I mean, it's it's the, they took all of his pieces and pieced them back together. Mentally, he they were like locking some of his memories, but then like vision unlocks them. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the, and then basically says, okay, now you you are ev- you are me. Like you you know, and it, so like a lot of the predictions even on the show was that when the hex comes down, Wanda will figure out a magical way, a chaos magic way to make this projection of vision that we've seen for nine episodes, uh, permanent, permanent, like, like he'll, he'll exist in the MCU, the regular world. And they were never going to do that. Like they were always going to make him just disappear at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, but this was a way to give fans what they wanted, which was the vision back. But, you know, twisted like way that I didn't see coming. And I don't think I saw a lot of people, um, predicting, but, um, Jerry, when, when 
the, when white vision will invariably see white vision again at some point, um, yeah. friend or foe, what, what, do, what do you think? Where, where are they going with this? It'll be interesting. I, I think he'll be a friend. I think he's going to be more robotic, more, mm. more programmed response the logical response um almost like mr spock from star trek wearing a cape <laughs> um i i'm as we were sitting here discussing i'm trying to recall from the episode i don't know that wanda saw the white vision take off did she mm. she might not know that he's out there right and i think at some point down the road we're going to get a scene where the two of them meet up and she's shocked at a loss for words. You know, when we see the final credit scene, she's isolated herself in some remote cabin and you see her multitasking where her physical body's doing one thing and her astral body's trying to learn the dark hold. And you hear what, what sounded a lot like the, the voices of the boys. And yeah, I, I, I think she's going down a different path, not realizing that the vision's still out there. Yeah, you might be right. So yeah, I I do hope that he's friends and not foe. I I know um, it, before we hit record, we were talking about how like the MC is not really interested in like <laughs> remaking your, the comics that you that you grew up with. They they're they're clearly inspired by them. Um, yeah. You know, we talked about House of M um, back last time we had Jerry on. But like, um, they're, they're not going for that. Like they're not trying to recreate what you know. Um, and I like that. I, I like that it's bringing in fans that, hey, you don't have to know the comics to enjoy this. Um, I think that's a smart way to do it. So, you know, in the comics, White Vision is a foe, at least at one point, that's what I read. Um, but maybe he will be uh, as well in the MCU, but they don't have to do that. They, they can make him, you know, literally just friend Vision Avenger vision again, he just looks different um, than yeah. he did before. So um, I guess let's talk about twin, the twins next. So um, there were a lot of predictions about the twins and um, how they would end up. And, you know, are these, um, you know, the first mutants that we'll see in this new multiverse. And I think to a lot of people's shock, um, they, they did not, persist at the end they are gone um now we did get that post-credit scene that jerry just talked about of you know we we hear their voices and they're saying uh, help us or something like that um you know through the uh, astral plane or whatever mm -hmm. that she's doing at the end she's reading the um the dark hole this yep. uh, mm -hmm. magic book or whatever uh which i had never heard of before this this show but um but yeah so we a lot of people were projecting that you know tommy and billy as in the comics would be like you know, basically created because of the events of everything that we're seeing and live, you know, in perpetuity. And we didn't get that. Um, they're, they're gone. We watched them fade out of existence when the hex came down. And, um, and yet I, I mean, I think most people are assuming that we're, this is not the last we're going to see of Tommy and Billy. <laughs> so what do you guys think? I, I think they'll be back in some form or fashion. I mean, they, they early on they died and were gone for a while and they found a way to bring them back and they later became part of the young avengers comic book team um and i there's been already people speculating that we'll get a young avengers movie at some point with mm. 
uh, Billy and Tommy and uh, possibly Hawkeye's daughter and Ant-Man's daughter that they're, they're putting the seeds out there where the, the kids of the Avengers could eventually team up together. And maybe that's just Marvel fans trying to set expectation level going yeah. forward. It's, I mean, boy, you're, it's, you're, you're giving us all these kids. They've got to form the young Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to tr- for me, like going forward is so hard for me to trust. Like a lot of those theories now, like I I'm definitely like more having watched the finale, much more conscious of my, my fandom kind of building up in my heart. Like I, like I, I I'm like actively trying to like push back against some of that stuff now and not get my hopes up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what, what do you think, Grant, would you like to see the twins show up like more? Like, yeah. um, I mean, I think it's definitely, they've built a foundation for this. Um, and a lot of the articles going back to those articles again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Jerry, you can correct me, but, um, the villain that keeps coming up. Uh, is Chithon or something like that, Mm -hmm. the author of The Darkhold. And so um, the article that I read is it's kind of just like kind of a trick of hearing Tommy and Billy's voice. So Wanda Uh. will just dive deeper and deeper into The Darkhold. Ah. What's what is the Jerry? What what can, what do you know about the Darkhold? Um, I haven't. I've read almost nothing. It's it's a book of dark magic. Okay. It's a it's a it's a force of evil, so to speak. That people that read it and obsess over it go down go down the path, much like you know the the dark side within Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. You know that um, it's. Nothing good is going to come of her reading that book. Yeah, it's, so <laughs> I mean, uh, like even to use something borrow something from Evil Dead, it's like a Necronomicon type mm-hmm. book of spells, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's again we're speculating. <laughs> um, take it, take it with a grain of salt. I think we know that that Scarlet Witch is going to be part of Doctor Strange too, mm-hmm. and maybe she's an ally of Dr. Strange, or maybe he's having to go up against her. If she's going down this path of reading the dark hold and maybe he's, he has to come in and stop her. Who knows? Uh, One prediction that uh, Grant and I were talking about, uh, (laughs) I don't know if it's so much a prediction of more kind of like what, what what, at least I'll I'll put myself on the line of what I wanted to see. I I don't know if Grant Mm -hmm. uh, wanted it as well was um, that, that, I said this on several episodes that I, I kind of did want to see Wanda kind of answer for her crimes um, yeah. at, at the end of the show. Um, now I think she could plead insanity at, at the charges, but like I wanted, I wanted there to be some kind of comeuppance for her. She <laughs> literally held thousands of people hostage for like months on end perhaps. And so, um, but boy, did she I, get off I scot-free. I think it was more weeks than months. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, she just got off totally scot-free at the end of the episode. And that was a surprise to me. I, I thought, I thought, I mean, how do you take down the most powerful being yeah. in the, in the, in the, in yeah. the, not the universe per se, but like the, at least earth. Um, how are you going to stop her? Yeah, exactly. How do you stop her? So like, I knew it was going to be difficult. Um, but at the same time, like I thought at the very least they would, 
find a way to knock her out or get her to go into some kind of coma state or something like that. And, you know, do power damping, dampening cell or whatever, you know, basically lock her up. And I thought that I honestly, I, I predicted that kind of her final state would be that she'd be in some kind of captivity. Uh, and boy, she is just not like, she just disappears and goes, goes away at the end of this episode. And that was surprising to me um, that she's just kind of free right now. So, um, I don't think there's anyone around that could stop her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's, let's talk about Agatha next. Um, She, Mm -hmm. she is a very interesting character um, and one that I think we will see again. I, uh, they they definitely left that open um, at the end of the, of the episode that she's, they didn't kill her. Um, I thought she, she would like legit maybe be killed. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't, um, they didn't really even make her like a force to be reckoned with. Like she's not like an immediate threat. Um, Cause I mean, you saw the, hopefully you've seen the episode by now, <laughs> but like you saw the episode, like Agatha is essentially in captivity inside of Westview is a super creepy ending for her. Like basically Wanda gives her her just desserts, so to speak. And basically says, even though all of Westview is going back to normal, you're not, <laughs> and you're going to basically live the rest of your days here in Westview as Agnes, not as Agatha. Uh, and the nosy neighbor. Yeah. The nosy neighbor <laughs> for the rest of your days. And um, so super creepy, super weird. Um, and, and yet it's kind of like, well, how long is that going to last? Like, I mean, are we going to see Dr. Strange? Are we going to see her, you know, come snap out of that or, you know, what's going to happen next? But um, I thought there was so much good, like Jerry, you were saying in the, in the previous episode, so much great backstory for her and so mm-hmm. much great prep that we only got to see in two episodes. We, we saw episode eight and episode nine of Agatha. And, and that was kind of it. I mean, just, uh, you know, a few seconds at the end of that episode seven, and um, and I left, I left the finale thinking like that can't be it, right? Like that can't be all that we ever get to see of Agatha's two episodes. Um, so, um, you think we'll see more of her? What do you want to see of her? I, I think she's extremely powerful. Like that that fight when they're in the in the sky together, yeah. like facing each other, and of course mm-hmm. she, you know Wanda puts up the the, the um, rune, the runes. Thank you. I, I couldn't think of the word. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and she's like blasting Wanda and Wanda's like losing all of her color out of her hand. She's going black and stuff like that. Like I was like, man, she can really duel duel with the most powerful witch in the, in the, you know, in the world. Yeah. So, and, um, I definitely think one of the recurring themes we've had on the show while we've covered WandaVision is we've always talked about that lines that, are delivered in an MCU movie. They're not just throwaway lines. Yeah. They definitely mean something. And um, whenever Wanda is giving basically her sentence to Agatha, um, she uh, talks about that she knows where she can find her. And so you definitely think, because um, I don't think MCU would just throw it out there. It, she's definitely going to come back and I think it will be more as the mentor role uh, for Wanda. In, oh, interesting. In the, in the things to come. Yeah. Because I feel like she has a deeper knowledge of the Darkhold if that's um, certainly the path that 
it looks like Wanda's going to take, I feel like she definitely will get some insight from Agatha in movies or series to come. Um, any thoughts? I, I, I definitely want her to come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, since about episode five, I've been saying that I want Elizabeth Olsen to be considered for best actress at the Emmys. Dude, she's amazing. Yeah. And after episode eight, I want Catherine Hahn to go up for best supporting actress. Yeah. yeah, I I do. I I agree. Um, she, she's too good of a character to just leave stuck in the spell so to speak at some point something's going to happen to break that spell she's going to get get out of dodge and come looking for wanda yeah no i i would i would love to see more of her if nothing else just so we can get more Catherine hahn because mm-hmm. her, her perform oh, oh my gosh like you think about like her as like the nosy neighbor agnes throughout the the whole series and when we get to see it just for a few seconds even in this final episode she um she can put on a face and a character like almost nobody i've seen uh in the mcu she is phenomenal i i thought paul bettany did a really good job as well um but the the two of them can just go in and out of characters uh just with a snap of a finger and like um, how she did in episode eight and even the yeah. end of episode seven was phenomenal because i mean it definitely had you worried about you know how is wanda even going to defeat her because i mean in episode eight we talked about last week uh we definitely got a feeling kind of like at the end of infinity war where there really isn't much hope left because I mean, Agatha or Catherine Hahn swept in and she pretty much took all that light or that hope you had and pretty much crushed it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Hayward is arrested, <laughs> I guess. Um, they, they kind of, you know, kind of sweep him off at, at the very end there. Um, that's, that's Darcy about- makes her scene yeah that's true her one scene <laughs> yeah darcy i think only had that like that one line in the whole thing um but uh uh i was i was satisfied with the hayward thing like that that's exactly kind of how i hoped it to end and uh, you kind of get the impression that jimmy is kind of the the main prosecutor there like he's uh, you know you'll never get away with this kind of um kind of thing that's unfortunately all that jimmy's really given to do in this episode um is kind of you know um uh, attack Hayward and kind of make sure that he gets what what he had coming to him. But um, yeah, I I think we could legit that that might be the end, the last time we see Hayward. Like maybe not, um, but uh, he strikes me as a, a character that maybe only exists in WandaVision. But yeah, no, well, he's he's the current version of Justin Hammer. <laughs> he he's he's good for one movie, one show, <laughs> yeah, and. The character may get referenced again, but we're not going to see the character again. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, any other, I want to talk about the season as a whole before we wrap up. Um, any other like uh, favorite scenes or, or moments, character moments or otherwise that you guys want to talk about from this, this finale? Um, I'm going to, I know Caitlin's not on with us, but I'm going to, <laughs> throw out two Easter eggs because yeah. we all know how much Caitlin loves Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, oh, I, yeah. I know she absolutely loved it. Um, I would say 
the scene where you see Agatha's feet just dangling under the house. I, I would say she liked that scene a lot more than whenever <laughs> yeah. Oz the Great and Powerful <laughs> popped up on the movie that's at the, playing at the theater. Yeah. Um, she definitely loved that part. Yeah, and, that was awesome. I mean, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I mean, MCU just does amazing things with the little Easter eggs. And I mean, it expands even further outside the MCU, which makes them so cool. Yeah. Um, I think that for me, one of the phrases or sentences or whatever that um, I think was really intriguing to me was when, um, you know, it's it's as at the very end when everything is just kind of all, you know, going down, you know, the action is has already happened and things are just kind of descending. Um, Agatha looks at, at Wanda and says, um, you have no idea what you've unleashed. And I have so many questions about that. Like, I, I don't really know what, what she meant by that. Um, I think we're going to, that's going to, that's going to be a phrase that you're going to see explained like as the year goes on uh, and into next year, especially with Dr. Strange uh, coming up is what, what has she unleashed? Like what, what are the, what are the repercussions of Westview that is more than just like the 3000 people that live there? So um, what do you, what do you think, Jerry, any other um, moments that you liked from the, episode um we haven't covered there was there was one easter egg um it, it seems like every every episode where we were in like the the town square area of, of westview we would see the movie theater with the movie marquee and they would have different names and uh this week in episode nine it was uh ten hauser gate which is a is a reference to to the Blade Runner movie. Oh, okay. So, which dealt with replicants and, you know, dealing with androids posing as humans. So, it just kind of ties in with the vision. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, there is so much, the, the writing on this series has been so smartly done. Oh yeah. And there there are no throwaway lines. Everything is being said for a reason. Yep. Everything there there's not a wasted bit of dialogue or space within the series where they're just casually throwing stuff out there. They're they're putting messages out there for people to find and maybe it's just a, a tip of the cap to something or maybe it's the tip of the iceberg as to what's coming. Yeah. Yeah, I think just kind of my overall thoughts on on the finale is um it, when the episode was over and the credits were rolling I was like, "Man, that was great. That was all, it was just, you know, a shot of adrenaline for 52 minutes, you know." Um and then as I've thought about the episode over the last couple of days, um, I've, I've like come off that high, so to speak and come down and, and then say, well, wait, you know, what about this? Or, you know, they never answered this or, you know, who was the missing person that Jimmy Woo was looking for in episode one. And, um, you know, I think it's Ralph Boner. Yeah. It has, it had to have been him. I, I mean, mm-hmm. there, there were so, so many questions where I was just like, I don't know that they answered that or, or this or that, you know, or we, we're supposed to get a big reveal at the end or, you know, um, you know, what, what was, what was, uh, 
Agatha really after, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, will we see mutants? Will we see Reed Richard? There's so many things that we we wanted to see, and we just didn't get get to see. And yet, I know that stuff is coming, and I trust Marvel so much that um, I'm just glad that we got what we got. And and I like, I think overall, that the episode wasn't so much of a letdown as it was just me like having to retrain my brain of like you know, like what Jerry said at the beginning of this episode, which is we can't project things onto Marvel. Let them tell them their story. Let them tell exactly what they want to show us. Um, so. it, it's kind of, kind of interesting that this, this series started off with the homage to sitcoms uh-huh. and, and for those sitcoms, everything gets tied up within the 22 minute window and everything's nice and normal and you hand off to the next episode without having changed everything. And then as the, as the series went on and things started to unravel for Wanda, it became very much like a drama and you didn't always get things resolved by the end of the episode. And there were always lingering questions or something that would help get you to come back the next week. Yeah. And I, it, it, it's just interesting to see how that played out that, you know, when we watched the first two episodes, I don't think we were thinking that there is a bigger plot to what's going on. Right. It wasn't until episode three when we started getting the clues and, and realized that it's not going to be a, a nice and tidy story like we were like we first thought. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the, the season as a whole, just, you know, cause we're, we're done now. We've seen everything um, that they're going to show us. Um, here's uh, one thing I, I thought would be kind of uh, interesting to talk about this. This to me is the closest to horror um, that, that we've gotten so far. Um, there's certainly been horror elements um, in, in all the movies, you know, some of the, especially villains are, are horrifying uh, to look at. Um, I think of Hela and, and other people, mm-hmm. but like um, th- as far as like the, the style of the show, obviously we got sitcom. That's, that was the biggest thing at the beginning of the first half, but the second half to me went really horror. Like, um, and I think we saw it a lot in this final episode. There's that, um, great, great scene where she's in the middle of the town square and Agatha like, uh, quickens everybody around her, uh, mm-hmm. where they like snap out of, out of their, their days. Right. Yeah. And they're all like, um, staring at her and saying like, you know, we, f- we feel your pain. You, when you let us sleep, we, we, we have your nightmares. I was just like, dude, that's the stuff. That's the stuff of nightmares. Um, th- you know, your grief is poisoning us. And, um, you know, that one, um, uh, it was a Dottie possibly, but one of them was like, my name is Sarah and I have an eight year old daughter and, uh, she, you know, she could be friends with your kids. If you like that storyline, you know, like they're like trying to like, you know, uh, debate or not debate, uh, like, you know, convince her to like, you know, make their lives Easter. better. So, yeah. I was like, Oh yeah. my God, this is like th- this stuff right out of a horror film. Like I, I, mm-hmm. like there were moments where I was just like, Oh my gosh, like yeah. they're really going there. They're going super dark. Um, I like that. I, I like that we that we got the sitcom stuff that I've I've never seen in anything like other than like 
you know, a SNL sketch or something like that. I've never seen like a parody, but loving, it's not parody is not even the right word. It's like a loving homage to these old shows. But then in the second half, I was like, this is probably the most horror that we've gotten other genres in MCU. Like Ant-Man, you know, a lot of people like the heist, you know, uh, genre is, has brought, been brought to MCU. And uh, of course we've got a lot of action. We've got a lot of comedy as well, but this is the first time I, th- I think that I've watched an MCU movie where I was like, they're going for straight up horror at the end. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome. Um, I, I really liked seeing that genre injected into the MCU. Yeah. And that, that's the, the, the great thing about the, about the comics and the characters is that, you can you can tell whatever kind of genre you want to with these characters. Yeah. You can spin it around and you know, if if you want these to be comedic characters, they can be. If you want it to be a a spy or mystery, you can do that. Uh it's just it's it's what the filmmaker, what the storytellers want to do. Yeah. Um what what uh, look at me? I, you may not be able to remember everything that happened in the season. It's you know it's kind of been a um, uh, a blur. I, I think for me, in in some ways, um, just kind of wrapping our heads around everything that happened. But um, what were some of you guys' favorite moments just on the on the season? Um, Grant, why don't we start with with you? What were some of the uh, I guess reveals or just you know the way that the the episodes kind of panned out? Um. When I think of looking back at the show, two scenes really stick out to me that I was just like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely nuts. Um, actually, three. I'm, two of them happen like simultaneously. Yeah. Um, the, the first one will come in the Halloween episode where Vision is trying to get out of the hex. That was just crazy oh, to me. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, we see Wanda expand the hex. I remember um, I didn't have school that day, so we watched it like first thing when we woke up, and I was just like, my mind is blown. And I was just like, <laughs> this show is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it. there's no doubt in my w- mind that Wanda is one of the strongest, if not the strongest character in the MCU. Yeah. Because... I mean, that was just nuts. And then when um, the second thing I would definitely think of is Agnes or Agatha and her whole spiel with her. It was all Agatha. I mean, that scene at the end of episode seven mm-hmm. was great. I mean, those are the two yeah. things that I, looking back on the show, that I will definitely remember. Yeah, those are great. Jerry, what do, what do you think? Um, just being a little older than you guys and <laughs> having seen some of these shows first run, just the homages to the different TV shows yeah. that they did along the way and just making it work each and every time that you, they didn't have to tell you this was modern family or Brady bunch. You just felt it you knew it and it just it was so well done i i mean i when they when they did the modern family where she was being interviewed for the camera and stuff yeah and she was elizabeth olsen was sitting in the chair just like 
uh, Julie Bowen did as Claire Dumphy <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the series. I mean, she had her body mannerisms down to that level of detail. Uh, just it Ma- masterful is the word that just yeah, kept coming to my mind. Yeah, yeah. It it was just so completely different. You know, we were talking earlier. You know, it reminded us of Lost, where after after we watched it, everyone wanted to talk about it and try to figure out what the clues meant or what 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 did they mean when they said this? You know, who who's this character? Who could it be? You know, and it it's been that long. It's been so long since I've seen a show take over like that. Um, you know, even even at its heyday. I don't think people got this wrapped up with Game of Thrones. I think they were just more upset that they weren't following the books and mm-hmm. and and doing stuff different with with the characters. But this this got people talking. And I mean, I've got friends on social media. They have never touched a comic book. They probably haven't gone to all of the Marvel movies, but they are watching WandaVision. My brother and his wife and family, they're watching it. They, they, their eyes roll whenever I start talking about comics. Now they want to talk to me about WandaVision. Uh, that's cool. So, I mean, it, it's, it's got a, a wide appeal. It's, it's bringing in viewers that a lot of the other Marvel properties haven't even reached yet. Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely mainstream. I, um, you know, uh, obviously the movies are, are, are that way just by pure happenstance of like people looking for something to watch in the theaters. But the fact that people, there are so many millions of eyes on this show for a, a mm-hmm. streaming service that you can't just like flip on your television and watch. It's not like on ABC or anything. Um, yeah. Is it really telling as to how compelling this material has been? Um, yeah. Um, kind of a few big ones just kind of for me where um I, w- I was not clear on how powerful Wanda was until this show. And um, the biggest... I don't think she was clear. And that's... that, <laughs> Jerry, you're going exactly where I'm going. That's that's great. Um, I, I, for me, the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, she is so powerful, was when she realized that she had done all of this. And she she realized it some in episode eight. Uh, she, I think, really came to... She had to face it in episode nine in the finale when all the the townspeople are surrounding her and crowding in on her. Um, She is just as shocked as I am in that moment of Mm -hmm. I did all of this. How did I do all of this? And like that, that to me was like, she is so powerful that she doesn't even understand her own power. And that is not something that we've seen a lot, if at all, in the MCU. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I loved the filling in the gaps. Uh, one of my favorite episodes was the episode where they did all the flashbacks, the previously on episode, mm-hmm. um, because we got to see uh, stuff that could have been in Age of Ultron but wasn't in Age of Ultron, like yeah. um, her, you know, that the bomb uh, uh, hitting her her home and uh, her coming face to face with the Mind Stone uh, and you know getting that enhancement of her powers or origin story so to speak. Um, but also the um, I think one of the most compelling scenes in in the entire season was 
her watching her mental breakdown happen in real time on screen when she's standing in there with the um, blueprints of the house or whatever she's on the, you know, on the property of the, of this home that evidently she envisioned we're going to move into and, you know, start their forever home together uh, and just breaking down, just falling to her knees and just, you know, Elizabeth Olsen just killing it just of, of just, exertion in her face like she's just completely you know breaking down right on screen i I thought that was a really powerful scene um the the show for me you know they talked about you know vulture was talking about how you know this they feel like the show is really about what it's like to be um in love at the end of the world i i i don't disagree with that but i think for me what i keep coming back to is the show's about grief and, and about dealing with grief um we got to see wanda over and over and over again, uh, go through almost the five stages. You see all five stages, mm-hmm. right? Like she is ignoring it. Uh, she's trying to move past it. She's, um, you know, uh, dealing with it. Anger. And, yeah. All of the different five stages, right? We see all of that in this, in the show. And, and though for all, for all of the good things that MCU has given us, I feel like one thing they've not really given us a whole lot of has been a chance to see grief on screen. I think the closest we got to that was the snap and uh, you know, five years later and, and seeing them, you know, going through like the worst period of, uh, of their entire lives, you know, having lost all these people, but we're seeing grief on a personal level here mm-hmm. where she is really struggling to find her identity and is having to almost create a different identity quite literally for herself and everyone around her. Uh, and it, it answers a lot of the question of like, if you had the ability, and Monica says this in the finale, hey, if I had the ability, I would have brought my mom back. I, I don't blame you at all for doing what you did. And it, it for me, this sh- uh, the best shows on television, and I would put this as one of the best shows on television I've ever seen, um, it are the ones that a- answer, ask and answer questions we've never thought of before. And and this this show for me was if you had the ability to bring back anyone, if you had the ability to ignore your grief and, and pass by and, and, you know, rewrite reality around you, would you do it? And do you think that that would be a good idea or a bad idea? And they gave us the definitive answer to that in the show, which is no, of course not. You you know, if whatever bad stuff has happened to you, let it go, let it be, let it be. Um, And so I, I thought that was really cool to see. Um, and then I, I think I think one of the biggest moment type things of the show I think was the uh, Fietro fake fake Fietro <laughs> showing up. I, I think that is the the moment that uh, that so many people have been are going to keep talking about um, from this uh, series. How that ended up was not how we thought it was going to end up for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't keep it from being I think a huge moment in just television cinema in general. I, I think that was a, a, a just a uh, you know, WT, let's say H uh, <laughs> moment uh, uh, where people were just like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe they just did that. Um, and uh, I, I, I think I think we could see it come back around it, a year from now. I think we'll have a different perspective on Fietro. I, I truly believe they're going to do something with that and explain why they ch- why they chose even Evan, Evan Peters and did what they did. But um, that that for me was a huge moment in in the season that nobody saw coming. Like it was just out of nowhere. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I I think the line from Vision in in episode eight. Um, about what is grief, but love persevering. Oh, I love that line. I, that 
that line, I mean, admittedly, I, I've been dealing with all kinds of grief over the last six yes, weeks. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, that it hits home particularly for me right now, but that that's a line that everyone has latched on to. And that's, that's going to become almost like the catchphrase for the entire series. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean that if they, if they package this up as a DVD, it's going to be the tagline under WandaVision. I think you're right. You know, what is grief, but love persevering. Yeah. That, so, and, and that, that really, that line, what's so great about that line is it's not just good writing in that moment. It was a great, a great line for him to utter. It is, it encapsulates the entire season. Um, mm-hmm. which is absolutely why it's going to be the tagline. Um, yeah, it's, it's, we, we're so ashamed. We're getting like super uh, ethereal here, but I love it. I love it. Um, but like it, we're so ashamed of our grief. Like we have to apologize for it. Right. And you know, I, I'm not going to ask you to air out, air out all your dirty laundry on the show, Jerry, but like I, I did read your post recently that you put on Facebook and you've had a lot of family loss, uh, recently. Yeah. And, um, it's just, you know, you're just getting over one death and then another one comes and it's just, it's been nonstop for you. And so like, I can't even imagine watching this show, you know, knowing going through what you've gone through over the last couple months. Um, but yeah, it is, it is the reminder that grief doesn't have to be something that we are ashamed of, um, that it can be something that proves our love, uh, for that person. Um, Mm. and it's something that in a weird way we can almost be proud of, you know, uh, we're grieving so much and that's something to be proud of. Um, so Yeah. I think the show has really taught taught me a lot. It's like, I, I it's, it's not, this isn't, I, I came into the show of like, oh, I'm going to get entertained for 30 minutes. And I, I've finished the the season going, wow. Like it's, it's really taught me about life and in several really impactful ways, I think. Um, and brought up conversations like the one we're having right now, um, mm-hmm. which we normally would not have had, had we not all watched WandaVision. So, um, so yeah, I think there's there's always going to be nitpicks, and I've yeah. had them myself. You're going to see a lot of people that are, were really negative on this finale episode, and all the things that they hoped were going to happen didn't happen, and blah blah blah. But I think if you really look at the season as a whole, it was it was an incredible ride, and yeah. it, it, one that I'll probably go back and revisit. At yeah, some point. it was because yeah. um, like even before we started this journey in Wandavision, I was talking to Phil and. Um, I was just like, you know, this is the one that I'm not, I'm the least excited for. And I mean, even after those first two episodes, I was Mm -hmm. just like, do I even want to take this journey? (laughs) Um, And I mean, I believe you said that if, if you didn't have the first two episodes back to back the same week that you might not have watched episode two. Yeah. Um, And so it was one of those things, but I mean, the writers of Marvel are just so fantastic. They're so good at what they do. And every week, um, starting with episode three, they just came coming back, making me want more. And I mean, did nine fall a little short for me and my expectations? Yeah, but as a whole, this show was phenomenal. And I mean, with this being the first ever that they've done on Disney plus, I mean, I'm so excited for oh, yeah. what's to come. Dude, I, I think the, if anything, the bar is really high for captain Falcon now. Like yeah. I, I want that show to be as good as WandaVision. So mm-hmm. hopefully it can, it can be, if it's not, it's fine, but 
I, it's just WandaVision was that good for yeah. me. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, that was great. A uh, great discussion. I, I think on the finale as well as the season as a whole. And mm-hmm. um, if you, if you are just tuning in and you haven't, heard our discussions on all the ep- other episodes. We go into very great lengths of, of deep discussions on everything that that's been in WandaVision. So definitely go back and check those out. Um, I'm sure that um, worst comic podcast ever did the same thing. So check out Jerry and, and his friends uh, talking about the same things. There's obviously much, much to be, to, to be discussed with yeah. the, with the show as a whole. So, I uh, we're gonna close out the show with a couple other segments that we like to do. Uh, one of them is what else have you been watching on Disney Plus? Um, uh, obviously, Raya. Yep. <laughs> we're gonna cover that n- at length next week. Uh, I-, I will just bre- ever so briefly just say, definitely give Raya a, ch- a chance. If oh you, yeah. If, if, like, I think a lot of people are thinking, is it worth the thirty dollars? And for for me, I mean, I know we shared it, but like, it is. I would happily would have spent thirty just for my family. Like, it is. Yeah. It is that good. It's a fantastic story about a fantastic new protagonist that you've never heard of, in a in a world that is very different than yes. what a lot of what Disney has made. It's more. I know it's got the same word in the title, but I, I promise I would have thought of this anyways. It reminds me of How to Train Your Dragon. It reminds me of Avatar The Last Airbender. It is world building and character building and and unique circumstances for action that I've never seen in anything else. So it is definitely worth watching. We will spoil all of it next week, so you've got a, a full week to watch it. But if, if you're wondering, should I, you know, should I or shouldn't I, my answer is, definitively is you should yeah you should definitely you, watch this you definitely it opens up something that i mean you might have seen a little bit in disney but i mean for mo- for the most part it's something brand new for disney yes and i mean i would definitely say that they hit it out of the ballpark with this one yeah the- um i would say some of the stuff we've gotten on disney plus has fell short yeah um some of the stuff that we got um straight to Disney plus kind of fell short, but I mean, this one is genuinely, I really think it's very good. Um, it's kid friendly and I think it's the type of Disney movie that the whole family will enjoy. I, I also think that this is a movie. This is the first, the first movie in a, in a series. Like I, I you'll, you'll get other riot movies, yeah. um, after this one. So, uh, definitely get in on this one early and, you know, uh, now that it's like, you know, the end of the world, if you get spoiled, spoiled on it or whatever. But like, I, I think this is one that you, your kids will absolutely want to see, but I think adults will really love it too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, definitely, uh, check it out if you haven't yet. And we will talk about it at length next week. Um, Jerry, anything you've been watching on Disney Plus that you wanted to to plug? No, I I like you mentioned earlier. I've been busy with other things. I did. Yeah. It wasn't Disney Plus, but the other night while I was working on stuff at the computer, I had uh, Amazon on and I watched the new Coming to America. <laughs> oh yeah, how was it, that? I I wasn't as impressed with it as a lot of other people. I mean, <laughs> To me, it, it really felt almost like a complete rehash joke for joke of the original. <laughs> um, I, I like the new additions, Leslie Jones and Tracy Morgan, but I maybe if I go back in a couple weeks with a, a clearer head, I can rewatch it and maybe enjoy it a little bit more. But that's, that's really been the only new thing that I've watched outside of WandaVision. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know you, so. you guys have had a lot going on in your family, so I don't, don't blame mm-hmm. me at all. Um, yep. I, I mean, I, I too have been busy for different reasons, but, um, but yeah, it's mostly just been Star Wars Rebels. I'm, I'm still trying to, to, <laughs> to get through that show. I love that show so much. Um, yeah. But I'm watching three or four episodes every every week. And um, so admittedly kind of slow. I, I had a friend that was watching like 20 a week, but uh, yeah. I, I, I don't have time for that. So Yeah. And what, I have you guys referenced it? The, the Bad Bunch has a release date now, May 4th. The, the bad batch yeah um, the bad batch yeah it's coming out on uh, may the 4th uh, may the 4th mm-hmm. be with you and uh yeah we mentioned it uh ever so briefly when we were talking about okay you know what's coming out in the next few months or whatever but mm-hmm. uh, i cannot wait for that show um that's that's yeah. one that's definitely on my radar for may so good yep um cool um so that, that's a few things to check out uh this week speaking mm-hmm. of what's coming out uh we'd like to do a new segment that we've just done the last few weeks what's new on disney plus this week so here's kind of what to to look for it, it's a little bit of an off week um we've had you know <laughs> a, a embarrassment of riches with wandavision stuff and and captain falcon is coming but this week there's you know not as much we're kind of in between those shows um so uh disney secrets of sulfur springs another episode we talked about that <laughs> that that show last week this is a, a brand new show uh for I, I would say older kids um uh, my daughter will be very excited about disney junior doc mcstuffins the doc is in um which i'm sure is uh sounds like some kind of you know straight to video movie or something like that but she is she's actually watching um doc mcstuffins the tv show earlier today mm-hmm. so um I'm sk- I'm going to skip some of the ones that are that no one cares about, <laughs> just, just so you know. Um, but um, I, one that is I think of interest to at least us on this show, and probably if you're listening to this, if you tune in for WandaVision talk, is uh, they're doing more Marvel Studios Legends. Uh, these have been great, by the way. Um, I, I watched both the uh, Vision and the and the Wanda mm-hmm. uh, Marvel Legends. Basically, if, you, if you're not familiar, uh, the Legends series is basically like a seven in seven minutes. It, here's or eight minutes or whatever. Here's everything about this character that you need to know before yeah. you know moving on. So mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming they're going to do Falcon. Are they going to do? Um, it's Falcon, Bucky? Winter Soldier, yeah. and is it? Agent 13. Yes. Okay. Sharon Carter. Yep. Okay, cool. All right. So uh, I guess I, it doesn't say, I, I don't know if they're releasing all three of those this, uh, I this coming Friday. But all on Friday. They're short. I mean, you can knock out all three in 20 minutes. It's, yeah. uh, it's and it, it will be definitely wor- worth your while. Uh, some of these movies came out ye- like many years ago. And like so Winter Soldier was 2011, <laughs> which is wow. crazy to... A decade ago, yeah, no, or wait, no, it, no, Never it was mind. after that was, it was after Avengers, and that was 2012. Yeah, okay, that was, was the 2014. Original, that was the original Captain America. Yeah. My bad. Okay, so yeah, I mean, these I, we hadn't seen. We watched Age of Ultron for this show, yeah. like, so we could give it like a 2021 uh, review of it. But I hadn't seen Age of Ultron since it released, which yeah. was was it 15 or 16? I can't remember. But it had been like five or six years since I, since we had seen it. And mm-hmm. I, I, I had forgotten half of the stuff that happened yeah. in that movie. So I haven't seen Winter Soldier. And I mean, I've probably seen it twice. Yeah. And it was probably once in theaters and then once like when it came out on DVD, yeah. like right when it came out. And I think that's the only two times I've seen it. 
Yeah. I I think Winter Soldier is my favorite MCU movie, period. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it to me, it is so well done, and it, it's, it's a great film that you didn't need the costumes to tell that story. That could have easily have oh, yeah. been a James Bond movie or a Jason Bourne movie. The fact that the, that the star had a shield and a costume was just kind of an added benefit. Yeah. Yeah, I will I will definitely be watching the Marvel Legends, but um yeah I mean inadvertently, Jerry, you probably just re inspired me to go back and watch the mm-hmm. Winter Soldier movie because I, I just don't remember very much of that film. And uh since you like it so much, I might I might actually have to go back and watch it again. Um, so yeah, so definitely, but at the very least watch the recaps. Cause I think mm-hmm. that would be helpful information before you get into and Captain such a short season. We're only getting six episodes. So yeah, you, you probably definitely need to tune into that. Yeah. Watch those for sure. Um, uh, Marvel studios assembled, uh, it's going to be basically a making of WandaVision and okay. I will probably check this out as well. Uh, I I'm very interested, intrigued to see how they shot that show and I don't know how much of this we're going to get if it's going to be, is this premiere assembled? So like, I don't know if it's like the whole series or just the, like mm. the premiere episode or whatever, but um, the making of WandaVision is coming out this Friday. And I'm, I think I'll probably check that out. That sounds kind of interesting. And uh, as far as movies, we're getting Miss Peregrine's home from peculiar children. I've not seen that movie, but I know people that really like that one. And um, that's coming to the, the, streaming service this Friday. And then another thing, a, a Disney plus original called own the room. And I, I didn't look this up at all. I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely look into that as well. So not a huge week as far as releases. I, I think if, for, if you're a Marvel fan, I think there's several things to watch uh, coming out this Friday. And then uh, if you have kids, you know, maybe check out doc McStuffins or something. So, uh, or miss Peregrine's. Um, Cool. I, I think that uh, just about wraps things up. But before we end, um, Jerry, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, absolutely. We absolutely love having you on. And you bring a, a knowledge of uh, comic books and comic book characters that we don't have. So um, we are indebted to you for sure. I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the show yet. Have either of you watched on Disney Plus Marvel's Behind the Mask? No, I no. have not. All right. As as the as the comic book nerd on the on this podcast right now, I've got to recommend that. Do it. Uh it it basically it they are interviewing a lot of the comic book creators that help make these characters that we're watching now. Oh, that's cool. And what you find is it's it's not so much the costumes that they wear, it's the characters under the mask that make the that make them interesting and make you want to follow them. You're not necessarily concerned about Spider-Man going up against Green Goblin. You're concerned about what happens to Peter Parker or Steve Rogers or whomever. And you get invested in the, in the character stories, not necessarily the, the, the costumed adventures, but it is a, it's a hour long, uh, just one one special a uh, lot of great creators that are that are interviewed for it uh, take take the time if if you're looking for something to watch i would i would recommend behind the mask i've already written it down um I'm, all right I, yeah i'm definitely interested in that that sounds good yeah that sounds really good and yeah. 
Yeah. I think especially for us that aren't as familiar with comics. I mean, I've read probably a thousand comics, but I mean that a thousand is nothing like that's barely even scratching the surface. So, um, yeah, I, I would love to, to watch, uh, a more documentary style um, take on, on the characters that you love. So absolutely. All right. uh, tell, tell the, our listeners more about your podcast. Uh, if they yeah. haven't heard you before, they may not even know about it. Yeah. I, and I find that hard to believe if they're listening to this show, because <laughs> I've had many opportunities to yeah. talk about my show here. Uh, worst comic podcast ever. It's myself and Colin and John. We've known each other since, uh, seventh grade. So we've gone middle school to middle age together and we get together once a week to talk comics, movies, TV shows, and all the other nerdy stuff that our wives don't want to hear us talk about anymore. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, some people have book clubs, some people have poker, we've got podcast nights. So, <laughs> um, we, we just love getting together and talk and, it it just keeps going and going and going. So, um, we we've been talking about Wandavision as the episodes have gone along. We're going to get a one week break here, and then we'll dive into Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, we're eagerly looking forward to that, but we're we're also hoping that the that the vaccines work and that the pandemic comes to an end, and we can not only go back to movie theaters, but go back to comic book conventions and pop culture conventions. Cause that's what we truly love is getting to hang out with our tribe at these shows. So, yeah. um, hopefully fingers crossed things get back to normal. People get healthy. Just keep wearing your mask. Um, and we can start doing all the fun stuff again. Yeah. Um, I, I'm super excited for, uh, Planet Comic Con. Hopefully that I, I know that I saw that they moved their date to August um, mm -hmm. later this year, and I really hope that holds. I hope that that it goes forward, and that I mean I want it to be done safely, but like yeah, I, I hope that we, that it's that it is truly safe by then, and we can and actually get together and and you know share space together. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, fingers crossed. Um, I know this past week, San Diego Comic-Con announced that they would not be meeting in, in mm. person this again this year. And that's usually the third week of July. So okay. um, I'm cautiously optimistic. I just, with, with any of these cons, it's how many people can you let into the building? And will you be able to let in enough people to make it worthwhile? Yeah. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole reason I even know Jerry is, is because of, of mm -hmm. conventions like that. So, um, yeah, definitely check out your local convention, see if there is going to be one this year, you know, second half of the year is probably more likely to happen, but, um, that's, that's something that we're hoping to do this year. I'd like to do a live show if we can pull that off, uh, this year at, at planet comic-con. So we'll, we'll tell you more about that as, as that gets closer, but, uh, definitely check out Jerry's podcast, worst comic podcast, ever these guys are pros they they did 350 episodes so far so um <laughs> so yeah even if you're not into comic books i think you'll enjoy the podcast just because they're Thank talking you. about um uh, comic characters and who doesn't mm -hmm. love that so um Definitely. so thanks for listening to this show uh let us know what you want to hear about on the podcast or send us your own review on something that you've watched on disney plus we had someone do that last week uh, we'd love to include you in the show. The way to do that is just to email Disney Plus reviews at hotmail.com. Uh, that's P-L-U-S all spelled out. We would love to read your email or, or send us an audio file. We'd love to play that on the show. 
next week we're going to be talking about Ryan the Last Dragon. I think that's probably the only thing we're going to be talking about unless we watch some of these other Marvel stuff and kind of want to chat you know, briefly about that. But the, the main topic for next week is Ryan the Last Dragon. We will be spoiling it and we'll t- make make sure we remind you about that on next week's episode. But uh, you know you have seven days uh, basically to watch it and uh, and then come back and and um, you know just join us for I think will uh, be a really fun co- conversation between the two of us and, and Caitlin. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again, Jerry, for, for being Absolutely. on the show. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for having me back. I always I always worry that I'm gonna wear out my welcome, but I appreciate you guys reaching out. To you're me. you're one of our favorite guests, so we, we will have you back as many times as you are willing to come back on. Excellent. So, Thank you. All right. Well we'll see we will talk to you next week for Ryan the Last Dragon. <laughs>